Welcome to Worth in Progress. I'm Maria Grandi, personal power speaker and coach, and I'll be helping you get through the very real and raw process of personal development. Self-awareness is not always pleasant, so it's my intention to teach you to recognize your triggers, give you tools to guide you, and I'll share my personal stories of my own journey to find self-worth. Thank you so much for being here, and I always welcome your input. Thanks for joining me for Episode 7, Finding Your Voice, Say What You Need to Say. In this episode, we're going to discuss the repercussions of holding it all in, what it means to actually find your voice, um, what are the repercussions of being a people pleaser. Also, I'm going to give you four things to identify if you're encountering this issue of self-expression. The best thing about this episode is going to be talking about an issue of using profanity to express yourself. That should be a, a doozy. Now, a question that I often get asked is, what do you mean by finding your voice? And your voice is your authentic self speaking up. Anything that prevents you from speaking is the loss of your true voice. Some people don't speak up about what they're passionate about, and some people only speak up about something that they're passionate about. In other words, if you are typically a quiet person, but somebody brings up something that hits home for you, like politics or religion or any other taboo thing you shouldn't talk about, then you are going to speak up. When we don't allow ourselves to be heard, there's suffering, and it's usually within. We literally swallow our words, and we feel bitter. We don't sleep. We have stomach issues. We're going to pay for it in some way. And some people do speak their minds, and they still aren't successful because they get shut out because they're abrasive. That's a whole nother thing. So finding your voice doesn't have to be about you not using your voice. It could be you using your voice inappropriately or unsuccessfully. And let me tell you why it comes down to self-worth. If you don't value your voice, why would anybody else? You have the freedom to express yourself, to be heard. And there's so many reasons why we don't use it. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So if you fear speaking your truth, there's always reasons behind that. So I want to get to the bottom of what created that, what started it. Um, In my household, it was, you know, children should be seen and not heard. (laughs) It was a patriarchal household. You know, I remember my grandma even saying, children don't belong in the kitchen. I don't even know what the hell that meant, but... She said it. (laughs) You know, the patriarchal house, you know, kids had no say. So I can understand why in certain circumstances, people don't use their voices. Our parents are usually the first people that make us doubt ourselves. As much as they love us and they don't realize that that is what they're doing, it does happen. I've done it to my own kids. So we need to get to the bottom of the reason why we don't feel safe speaking our truth. We have stories And we need to challenge those stories. The stories are, we can't say this because of this. It's not the truth. I can't say that because they'll get mad at me. Well, if they get mad at you, that's, that's on them, not you. But we're taught that we're responsible for how other people feel. And that is not the truth. You have something to contribute. And your voice is important. Now, when I talk about the story, I talk about childhood traumas or anything that created this story that you tell. 
what I did on my own journey is inner child work and inner child healing. And I believe that that helped me tremendously to find my voice. Most people don't understand that I didn't used to have a voice, I guess because I use my voice now, but I didn't always do that. Not speaking my truth led me to lots of heartache. I could join that Me Too movement. I could tell plenty of stories about when I didn't speak up, what it cost me. And I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that. So I'll get right to what inner child healing is. We've all experienced some form of trauma as children, right? So it could be physical, emotional, mental. It doesn't have to be a horrific trauma. It could literally be falling off your bike for the first time. Uh, It could be being bullied or abused in any way. The moment that you found out about a parental death, the point is that it's all traumatic and inner trial work is where the healing happens and you can see the root of your fears and your insecurities. I did inner child healing through meditation and it doesn't have to be done that way, but that's what worked for me. You can go on YouTube and type in guided meditation for inner child healing. Like you can literally look that up and you can do a very short meditation or a very long meditation and it'll guide you through what this is. I took myself back to my 10-year-old self, walking into the classroom of kids who appeared to be way more confident than me. And I just truly believe that we were taught not to stand out in any way. I know that that's the way I interpreted it. Catholic school, single file line, we all wore the same clothes. You know, I already stood out because I wasn't Italian looking in South Philly. And so, like every other child, I began speaking only what people wanted to hear. That just, what I thought, allowed me to fit in. And I literally lost all my self-expression. And I began to act like my group of friends, um, just like most kids do. Make fun of others to keep the attention off of you. And you just slowly lose yourself. Then when you're older, you have lots of shadow work to do. And we'll talk about shadow work later. So if you have kids and you don't let them express their feelings, their opinions, without you imposing yours on them, you're still following what you were taught. Your traumatized self is trying to teach them and we're traumatizing them. You're the reason that they're going to question themselves in their lives. And we don't want that. So we have to get get in touch with our traumatized self and heal it. As a child and... Still to this day, I always loved to sing. I loved music, expressing myself in lots of different ways, including art. And I'm not trying to blame anybody for anything. But it's usually the expectation of parents, society, teachers, bosses, that creates the person that you think you have to be to fit in. How do we go from a child who feels limitless to dimming our shine so we can fit some mold? Inner child work for me was going back and saying, when the hell did I stop being silly? When did I stop singing loud? That's a bad example because I still sing. (laughs) When I talk to young girls, I talk about them not dimming their shine to fit in. And that led me to start thinking about 
when I started dimming my own? Why are we trying to make everyone else happy but ourselves? And why the hell does anybody's opinion of me matter? I define me. I am the person who needs to feel good about myself. I don't need you or I no longer need you to feel good about who I am. That's what finding your voice is. It's finding the courage and then being okay with your voice because it is enough. Some people use their voices and have zero issues standing up for their beliefs while others just try not to stir the pot and they just do things to make others happy. So another question is, where along the way did we learn that our voice wasn't important? Who taught us that? Why we take our own voice is usually linked to the four fears, which we talked about in another episode. And that's, you know, fear of being wrong. You know, I'll feel like the bad guy if I say what I'm supposed to say, or if I say what I really feel. Fear of being unliked. That person's going to be mad at me, so I'm not going to say that. Fear of being uncomfortable. You know, I don't like telling people what to do. And fear of being unsuccessful. No one's going to listen anyway, or uh, it's not going to work, so why even bother? There are still reasons why we don't speak up. I think I first did inner child healing when I was 25 years old. First of all, I was married at 19, divorced by 23. I had my daughter at 20. Needless to say, I never felt really good about myself. I wound up getting into a fear-based relationship. Of course, that didn't work out. And at 25, I went to see a psychologist. And she took me through my first time of doing inner child work. And I think it made me feel sorry for myself even more. And that's, that's okay as long as you're going to eventually move on from there. And I don't think I did for quite some time. I probably went to three sessions with the psychologist and gave up on that. So many things stole my voice. I feel like I wasn't good enough, like most people do. Or, or people wouldn't think I was smart enough to contribute to what they were talking about. I didn't think people would respect my opinion because I didn't have a degree. Or whatever the reason that stole my voice, it doesn't really matter. But I just want to give you examples of the things that you can be telling yourself, the stories, the lies so that you can identify and heal the reasons why you're not using your voice. So the first thing you have to identify is your story. Why didn't you feel safe to express yourself? Um, This could have resulted in you not expressing now or you over-expressing, yelling just to be heard. Neither are very effective, obviously, but one you're, again, internalizing or externalizing your fear. That's basically what it is. So get in touch with that story, figure out, and this is where the inner child healing comes in, and tell yourself a different story. Now you need to move on. That's over, and you're going to create a new voice. The second thing is identify your fear. If you have something to communicate and you hold off, what are you afraid of? That's one of the four fears I just talked about. What are you telling yourself is going to happen? Again, they're going to be mad. It won't matter. I'm afraid I'll cry. What is the reason you don't express yourself? There is a fear behind it. And the third thing is identify your worth. The whole reason for this podcast is my story, 
my finally identifying my worth. It's critical in finding your voice, believing that your voice is worth something and your voice does matter. Your voice actually has the potential to protect you. In so many cases, it didn't protect me because I didn't use it. So with your worth, why are you allowing yourself to suffer to please others? You're worthy of the same respect and importance that you give to them. And if you're the person that needs to yell to be heard, why do you have this need? You know, did you feel unheard at one point in your life and now it's about control? And in some way you need to control uh, when you communicate or you need to be in control when you communicate? All of this stuff needs to be identified. Then you can move forward. But if you keep crashing into that same communication wall and barrier every time and you're trying the same thing and you're never going to get a a different result. And the last thing is um, identify your boundaries. Practice saying no. It does not have to be a rude no. Just if something doesn't feel right to you, don't be afraid to voice that. Your needs have to be met as well as anyone else's. Now, I'm not telling you to be selfish. I just don't want you to put yourself in positions that you don't want to be in because you don't want someone mad at you. I can't even tell you how many times I've done things that I didn't want to do just to be nice. And it's not even about doing things that you don't want to do. It's about things that that put you out. Sometimes you don't want to go to a family function or something like that, but you go because it's your family. Then other times it's something that actually puts you out. It's saying that you can do something for somebody, but then when the time comes to do it, you're angry and you're upset. Why even put yourself through that? You can say no and still feel good about yourself. It's critical. It's really very critical in personal growth. I'm not going to worry about if you or anyone else gets offended by something that I say anymore. I, that doesn't mean I say it without tact, but I do speak my truth now. And if someone gets offended, I'm sorry. It's not my intention to offend, obviously. But we're living in a totally offended world. Everyone is offended by something. I do believe that in order to obtain personal growth, we need to change our emotional state. And that means that you have to go through the emotions that you feel when speaking your truth. And that means practice. That means valuing yourself and valuing your opinions. We need to change our emotional state, meaning uh, how we feel about certain things and, and the way people think about us and what they say about us. And it doesn't make it true, right? Tony Robbins uses the cursing tactic all the time to pull people out of their tightly wound belief systems. And that is a change of state. He shocks you um, by, you know, saying a curse to make you realize the state you're in. You were taught that cursing is a bad thing, right? So he uses a shock value to make you recognize the state that you're in and understand that you need to change that state if you want to change anything in your life. As children, we're taught cursing is inappropriate. It's really more of a cultural construct. Not going to get into all of that, but the words were given meaning. They're powerful because we make them powerful. It's funny because in my first episode, I think I said the word bullshit, and my sister immediately texted me 
do you really think you should be cursing on the first episode? <laughs> uh, my family knows me to say a few words from time to time. That's just an example of someone else's fears having the potential to make you rethink your voice. I remember when I first met John, I would hear him curse with the guys, you know, the guys from work. And I would always say, do you really need to talk like that? And I didn't realize at the time that, you know, I was taught never cursed. I mean, God forbid we ever cursed in front of our parents. And they really didn't curse in front of us. My mom actually was, was very funny from time to time. She would let her little phrases slip, you know, and they weren't real. It wasn't like the F-bomb, but she was pretty expressive sometimes, and it was actually funny. But who determines what words are socially acceptable? It's all bullshit. We're all trained to flinch when we hear certain words. And look at television, just as a perfect example. 20 years ago, you couldn't even say bitch on TV. And now, one day someone says, oh, it's okay now. So now everyone follows that person. Oh, it's acceptable? Okay. It makes no sense. It's just like the fashion world. Floral prints are in this year. <laughs> um, animal prints are in this year. So you're telling me what to wear. And we listen. It's like we can't think for ourselves. Now, I'm not saying that we should uh, curse constantly and every other word out of your mouth should be a curse. What I am saying is express yourself in the way that you feel expressed. If you put a curse word in a sentence and it makes you feel like you've expressed yourself correctly, then that's one thing. If every other word out of your mouth is a curse... That's a different thing. It's intention. It's all about intention. But some people are just so tightly wound when it comes to value systems and what we were taught. I guess I get offended because these are the same people that taught me that I needed to fit into some box that I never, ever needed to fit into. I should have always been able to express myself. So I'm not really going to sit back and listen to what society tells me is acceptable anymore. And that's just it. I guess once I found my voice, I wasn't going to listen to what people were telling me should come out of my mouth. I just think it's funny that people can be so uptight. Oh, my God, she said fuck. I can't ever listen to her again. That's classless. That's unprofessional. Disrespectful. God, we can put so many meanings to things. But it doesn't mean anything to us to not speak our truth. Now, this is where I'm going to stand up for myself. I don't curse to offend you. I curse to express myself. And I don't consider myself a trash mouth or anything like that. But don't, and I guess this is my stubborn ego or my Mariah, don't tell me what I can and can't say. The one thing I refuse to do ever again is not be my authentic self. I went for way too long in my life being something in order to be accepted. I never expressed my true feelings. And as a result, I was sick. I was depressed. I was lonely. And I'll never go back there again. And I think that's what it is, is once you, once you identify your worth, no one is taking it away from you. It's really the best place I've ever been. So yeah, I, I relax a lot when it came to self-expression. I'm going to be me. 
I don't just walk around cursing all day, but I will express my feelings. And if that means dropping an F-bomb from time to time, so be it. If that means people judging me for it and never listening to me again, so be it. I think when people stop judging and just be, just let themselves be, they're going to be so much more happier. One of the best things that came out of it for me is that we jokingly, you know, with my family, I, I jokingly curse with my sisters and my mom. It's, it's really funny because you can see my mom. She's like actually really like laughing, like belly laughing. We took that, we took that taboo meaning out of it and we're just having a good time. We laugh our asses off. It's liberating and it's, it's even therapeutic. I, I laugh at being freed of social conditioning. I'm not corporate. <laughs> I never was. This is me. This is who I am. And I'm never, ever going to pretend to be something I'm not. And never for a job. I guess it's just another thing people want to control. I was told years ago um, by a coworker that I should wear suits for my training jobs. Mm, why? It's not that I have anything against a suit, but I didn't dress like a slob. I dress nicely, and I'm not really a suit person. And that's your deal, not mine. And I think back in the day, I would have worn that suit just to be what I thought I was supposed to be. But now I know the cost of that. I was told I needed to be more serious, less joking. Uh, no. This is me. This is the first time your employees have been engaged in years, by the way. So maybe you need to loosen up. <laughs> Every once in a while, that Mariah. I think that's the problem. We think everyone has to act a certain way. There's no give. If I say the word bitch in a training, I can guarantee you it's not the first time your employees heard it. I mean, really. And most people in the audience will just let it go. They'll laugh. They'll move on. <laughs> but there's always that one person whose eyes pop out of their head. Oh, no. That's not appropriate. And then they don't hear another word. You can see them judging you, maybe writing something down, whispering. Listen, I respect everyone. And I'm sorry, but I won't be told I'm disrespectful just because I express myself outside of your pretty little box that you live in. That's where I stand on this. Again, I'm not some foul mouth trainer or speaker, but don't limit me. I limited myself too long, and I will not allow it. And people do this in other ways. It's not just cursing. Um, to me, it's no different than when someone asks me, uh, what is your degree in? And I say, I don't have a degree. I have 10 years' experience, a million testimonials, studied lots of different areas. It didn't matter, and I didn't get that job. I know a lot of people with degrees that are very ineffective. Now, I didn't get that job, and the old me would have beaten myself up for it. Instead, I said, I'm not for everyone. I truly believed in my heart that this was their loss. It was a huge win for me because I knew my worth. Again, I define me. My definition of myself is what matters. Your definition of yourself is what matters. You let people label you, take away your voice. You're going to pay for it. No one's going to have the power to tell me who I am or who I need to be. I'll curse, I'll dress like me, and I'll never fit into a mold. 
fuck the mold. There, I said it. My old mentality jumps to defend myself now. I actually appreciate that because I will not allow someone to make me feel bad about who I am. I remember going to one of my friends' house when I was younger, and her mom would always say the term, go scratch your ass. I had no idea what that meant, but it was hysterical to me. I remember getting like, almost like laughing nervously, like, oh my God, what do I do? What do I say? But I loved it there because it was relaxed, no stuffy perfection. (laughs) I was like, go scratch your ass. I'm just, (laughs) I guess it means mind your own business. I don't really care what you think. There's a real freedom that comes with learning to speak your truth. And I hope you find it and I hope you never lose it again. Thank you for listening, and you can follow Worth in Progress on Facebook. Please leave any questions you have there for me because I would love to include them in future episodes. I hope today's message resonated with you. And if it did, please leave a review. I would love to hear from you. And share it with someone else if you think it can inspire them. Also, you can follow me on social media at Maria Grandi LLC. And my website is also MariaGrandiLLC.com. Lastly, Remember to go easy on yourself as you go through this process and everyone else around you for that matter. We're all working through something.